This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the family with... Tevin Pittman. Alex Brampernard Rasmussen. And Andy Brampernard. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we, um, I just talked to Doug Sprinthal, who's going to be back uh, next week. He's coming back Friday night, I think, but after oh, is everything he? is done. So he's not yeah. here this week. No, Jimmy Francis did reach up, but I haven't been able to call. Would you mind calling Jimmy Francis and setting that up, Andy? I think I have his number. Oh, if you don't, I'll, I'll make sure you get it. Because Jimmy, I think, wants to, I, I, unless, of course, he sent me a message that he can't do it, but I, I don't think that was it. Oh, well, we both thought Doug was going to be back this week. Yeah, no, he's not coming back until uh, Friday night. I see. So that is that. Okay, but Doug brought something up to me, and a couple other people have brought something up to me. Um, and I need the three of you, being the, the experts you are at the age you are, um, the KQ oh. Morning Show was huge with... Um, with um, like union workers, when you'd have the plumbers and the carpenters and the mm-hmm, all the mm-hmm. people out building buildings and all that. Any blue collar worker, basically. Yeah. Blue collar workers all listen to the KQ Morning Show, mm-hmm. right? So, is there a unit, not necessarily a radio, but is there a boombox type of thing with big speakers that has Bluetooth, where you e- could just get 
Oh, there is. Yes, and we were uh, we were just talking uh, about this before we got on the air uh, with Brittany and everybody. But there, I have a friend that works for Milwaukee Tool, for example, and they have uh-huh. like a radio that you can actually connect via Bluetooth, and it like is what construction workers yeah. a lot of times will use. Pretty much any radio these days has Bluetooth. Or oh, does. Like yeah. any portable radio kind of thing. Yeah, and Half of them aren't even radios. They're yeah. just speakers with Bluetooth. Yeah, and most, That's what I need right there. Yep. yep. And most like construction tool manufacturers have their own <coughs> branded, like sturdy, yeah, hardy. Work site stuff. Yeah, yeah work exactly. Type things. And if you don't want to get Bluetooth, uh, Bluetooth ones are generally a little, little bit more expensive, for example, I think. Mm-hmm. You, you can get one that just has a uh, 3.5 millimeter jack. Uh, although they are starting to phase that out of phones, so I guess that's probably not yeah. really a great option anymore. Like, my phone doesn't so, have a jack. Well, there's probably adapters. There or are, whatever. but then you have to get a USB-C to... How badly do yeah, you want to listen to the show, Andy? It's, e- it's just easier to use yeah. Bluetooth yeah, these Bluetooth days. Yeah, Bluetooth is definitely easier. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, here's this was Doug Sprinthal's idea. He wants to go with um, <clears throat> Workforce Wednesdays. Because he, he said everywhere he drove for all those 14 years we were on together, the workplaces, they always had the KQ Morning Show on there. Pretty much. So so we're, what we're going to do is do Workforce Wednesdays and give away one of those units. You, you know, if you could, you could send me the information on that so I could forward it on <laughs> to uh, the management and all that. The, I'd rather it didn't have a radio, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, like I said, a lot of them don't even these days. Okay, yeah, well, the great thing about that speaker. is we're going to do that not only for the morning show, but we're going to do it for this show, too. Because if we got to start picking up a bunch of listeners on the on the job site of this show, that would be huge. Yeah, right. I mean, that sounds like something that you could do, a, like a partnership or an ambassadorship. You know, find a oh, Bluetooth speaker company and partner with them. They give you the speakers for free. You give them publicity. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna count on the three of you because you're young and wise as I to which one to get. Neither of those things. And we're gonna give them away like every Wednesday, I think. Your children are nearly middle aged. They are. <laughs> you just, really, thirties now, middle thirties is middle aged. Forty is. I, I feel think. like I am a thousand years old after having this cough for twelve days. I gotta tell you, I know, yeah, my teeth I, hurt. We're seriously like barely able to stand up. <laughs> I don't know. Things. Yeah. I don't get it my bones hurt mm-hmm. I, the idea of just moving around i'm like Mm-mm, i'm not doing that yeah yeah so, put up all these uh all this sound foam here last or not last night right after the show <coughs> took about two hours to put it all up and i was like i just need to get some oh, yeah. movement mm-hmm. no, the, the the sound panels in here look nice yeah they, we have new sound they panels. Very, they look very nice panel-y deals oh by the way i got a call from the hubbards Mm-hmm. God, Andy did a brilliant job. They're just Mike's raving about that. I'm like, oh Christ! Don't tell me. <laughs> Never happened. So Don't tell you, Andy. Middle age is forty to sixty. So there you go. Middle aged is forty to sixty. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, it's a really big gap, though. Average life expectancy is seventy eight, I think. So forty mm, is yeah. actually yeah. yeah, right there in the middle. Actually, it's actually a little late. Thirty nine would be the start of that. Would be the halfway point. Dan's almost mm. so middle aged. Te- I mean, so I'm Tevin, only three and a half years away. Weird. I know. Tevin, for the rest of the show, I'm going to talk like this. Yeah, so back when I was middle-aged, I remember. Mm-hmm. Like Should I talk like right. that? It sounds like you don't have any teeth. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, a lot of That's old exactly people right. don't. I wonder, is there anything, so there's like, you know, young adulthood, middle age. 
Oh, that's interesting. I was going to say, is there a stage after the stage after middle age? The answer is yes. After middle age becomes old, adult, or old. That's the whole mm-hmm. third act thing I was trying to talk about last week. And the stage after old is dying. Okay. Well, what is that? that? <laughs> Although, that is like, so when we'll get like elderly people that will come in and buy cars at Walzer, and yeah. they'll be like, this is the last car we're ever going to purchase. And like, this is going to get <laughs> oh, us to yeah? the grave. And I'm like, you guys are very just right. blunt with it. Well, I mean, I feel like you'd have to reach some point in your life where. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, mom has said that Jude is her last dog. She's not going to get another dog. No, she we're says, not going to get another dog. I don't no, know. we're not going to get another dog. Well, that's dog. not because I'm going to die. It's because I don't want to deal mean, with a dog anymore. Oh, I know, but it's like, you know, you don't say something like, this is my last dog forever if you, you know, got another 70 years ahead of you. Because anything well, could change. dogs don't live that long. Dog, some dogs live a long time. Cassie lived to be 18. I know, but 18 mm-hmm. is She's a million years old long. for a dog. And she's only in her early Eight, 60s. 18 is a long time. But you can also adopt senior dogs. Yes, you can. And then they don't live that long. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is that once Jude passes on, your mother's going to be traveling all the time. That's my... Well, yeah, that's... Jude I also that is a... High maintenance? A high maintenance. There we go. <laughs> no, high he's maintenance not. dog. He's a good boy. He's, legs are snapping in half left and right. It's just... I know. Did he like... How do you get a hairline? He's just jumping he just after does, a leaf. Yeah, he has, insane acrobatics. Because he is not bred for athleticism. No, he's not. He is bred for sitting and <laughs> oh, looking that's pretty. Nice. God love that him. That's true. They're he's bred dogs. for sitting and looking pretty. Yep. And so anytime he does any physical activity, mm-hmm. he ends up at the vet. And he, <laughs> he eats does. everything in sight. Which mm-hmm. he should not, and it makes him violently mm-hmm. ill, and it's just... Well, he does more <clears throat> acrobatics than any dog I've ever seen. And he's just... And he can't, okay. but he does them anyway. You know how there are people that are just clearly, like, strong and fast, and you can mm-hmm. just look at them mm-hmm. standing there, and you're like, you're an athletic person. And then there are people that just stand there, and they're just kind of like, everything's loose and, yep. like, droopy. He's like Jude that. Is very droopy and he floppy. just he doesn't have any muscle. Everything's <laughs> mm-hmm. just kind of loose. Yeah, but then he sees <laughs> so, a leaf and he does like a triple axle half backflip to catch it. He does. It. It's true. But then, then but it's completely unintentional. Yeah. You know, like May is the opposite. May is just like a sturdy, athletic. Yeah, she's a ratter. They're dog. all like yeah, that. like she is meant for speed and strength. And Jude is just this floppy nonsense man. Yes, he is very floppy. I mean. Sweet, sweet as can mm-hmm. be, but not made to actually move. And he has the dumbest facial expressions. He's like a goldfish. Of any dog ever born. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on upstairs with that one. I don't know. With who? Bless him. He has a laser focus on you. things like leaves and feathers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Huge, brilliant. Is what he? are you talking about? Is he? It took Beauty. him like three years to figure it out to go to the bathroom outdoors. But <laughs> poor Jude did not. Okay. <laughs> He, uh, let's get off of Jude. It's making me depressed. Hopefully he's not uh, too he's badly fine. hurt. He's fine. He's fine. He's well, we're only, like I said, we're only going to have him for a few more. God, I hate it when people talk when I'm talking. It drives me nuts. It's interesting when you talk when other people are talking. It's mm. fine. I'm the host, though, so I get to do that. Oh, oh I okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, what were you saying? You were saying something. Nothing. No, you were saying something. What Host, the hell were you saying? please tell us your incredible information that you were going to say. 
No, I forgot because you jumped all over me. Okay, that's what happened. You know, I got to be honest with you though, Alex. <clears throat> I'm not kidding you. This this medication I'm taking to try to get rid of this. Yesterday on the show live, I referred to Brittany as Candace. She told me. Mm. Yeah. So, and then we had a, uh, a a caller, and I said, "Well, thanks for calling, Tom." And he goes, "My name is Mike." Oof. My brain is just not functioning <laughs> properly. Why are you medica- on medication? Because I'm sicker than hell. That's why. Well, it's me, like cough like, medication, that sort of thing. Oh, it's not like what Vicodin. is this though? No, no, it's not that. It's it's Mucinex. I think is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, Mucinex. If you take too much, can make you very like dream worldy. See, that's the thing. Yep. I feel like I yep. could take Mucinex with my sickness, but I have. If there is an adverse reaction mm-hmm. to anything, I will yeah. have it. Yeah. So it's just not really? worth it. I'm like, I'll just be ill for ever i don't know i don't know how long this is gonna last apparently a long time a very long time so tevin yes what do you think of the new format you like it oh i like it i like it it's uh it feels a lot more i think like not having commercial breaks and stuff like that it just creates a more smoother show and i don't know it's just more fun i think not that before it wasn't fun but now it's like times 10 I like Time well, I mean, we do run commercial breaks on there, though. Oh, sorry. You're talking about the morning show. I thought you meant the podcast. Well, no, I actually both too. of them, because this, this show is doing really well now, you know. Yeah, the, the morning. Well, I was, I'm sure the ratings took a huge, huge hike uh, last Wednesday when me and Andy were holding it down. Well, I think that's true. Well, of course. Which also, like, I have a lot more respect for you now for being able to talk for an hour and a half without just having dead silence because mm-hmm. it was a struggle towards the end. I think at one point yeah. I just looked at Andy and said, well, yeah, it's like there's nothing left. anybody else have any thoughts <laughs> or ideas? <laughs> about anything, really. About. Could be anything. Well, I remember for the first, like, probably four years of the show, every time we got done with the show, my throat felt like it was coated in sand. Yeah. Well, because you're not a big talker no, in general. I, am not. I could talk all day to no one. So you. I have no problem. And then even like, Are you sure. And then even because like Tommy always say like, oh, all I do is work all the time, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, you talk into a mic, like how hard is that? And then after last Wednesday, I was like, I feel like I just worked an entire day, and I was only on t- like radio for two hours. Like yep. I couldn't imagine doing it every it day. It is. Like it's that. something that you can't. You really cannot do for like it. The idea of an eight-hour shift, like a nine-to-five shift on the radio, is basically not possible. Unless you're filling a bunch of it with other stuff. Right. Unless you like music and stuff. Just talking for eight solid hours. (laughs) Trust me. Ugh, I feel like my head would fall off. I mean, we have to deal with that stuff all at One of the things we're going to have to work with now, and I don't know why people do this, maybe, because I would say 98% of people... When they go on a show, whether it's a, you know a morning show on digital or radio or television, whatever, so pull your headphones a little bit off your your ears because every person I have ever worked with, when a show first begins, they all talk like this. Yeah, I went there yesterday. It was unbelievable. I just had a really great time. It's like, why are you screaming into a microphone? People do that on the mm-hmm. phone too. Yeah, they on the phone they do that too. Something it's like, about oh, in their off, car, like when Bluetooth first oh. came up in oh, cars, everybody's yeah. just yelling. It's like you don't need to yell. Yeah, it's just talk normally. <laughs> it's just stop <clears throat> yelling. Calm down. First of all, relax. 
calm down, lower your voice, and back off the mic. You'll mm-hmm. be just fine. But everybody thinks that microphone needs, I need to scream into it for you to hear me. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Luckily, we have a calming presence with us right now, Larry. And that Larry Jorgensen is our yes. calming presence? I like to hear that. Larry, I'm so calm because you're here. What do you think? You're, you, you obviously have desperate to be calm, but uh, I'm with you, guy. I'm calm, and I, I, I'm not in a uh, snowy environment either. So, you know, oh, you're let's, not. let's take it from there. I will take it from there because you have a fascinating story. The book is called Shipwrecked and Rescued, the City of Bangor. More than 6,000 shipwrecks have been recorded on the Great Lakes, but I did not know that. First of all, Larry, there were 6,000. My God. And actually, people who study this thing have said there's probably more than that, but those are the 6,000 that they've been able to record. Oh, my God. Uh, only one offers a true life adventure like the 1926 rescue of the city of Bangor off the Kinaw, uh, is it Keweenaw Peninsula? Keweenaw, you got it, man. It's good. Upper country, Keweenaw. There you go. A fierce November storm tossed the ship with a crew of 23 and two, uh, 240 new, uh, 240 new Chrysler automobiles. I got to shut up and listen to you, Larry. I, instead of me reading this, I want to hear your take on 240 brand new 1926 Chryslers. <coughs> Right. They were headed close to you. They were headed from Detroit to Duluth. Oh, sure. Of course, some Duluth auto dealers anxiously awaiting their arrival. Um, But, uh, you know, Lake Superior in November is not a friendly place. It's It's the worst time of the year to be shipping on Lake Superior. In fact, November is when the Edmund Fitz went down. Yep. And... Unfortunately, we have a happy ending to our story, but uh, nevertheless, they got into quite a quite a storm uh, off the Keweenaw Peninsula, and that area, uh, if you're not familiar with Upper Michigan, that's that little piece of land that sticks way out into Lake Superior, mm, and okay. annually they get over 300 inches of snow. <laughs> it is snow capital of the country. Jeez. But anyhow. What happened is the boat got into a, a tremendous storm, and because it had been converted to a car carrier instead of a standard ore type uh, cargo ship, it rode a little bit lighter in the water, and consequently the storm really tossed it around, ultimately tossed it onto a reef 
off of the Cumanon Peninsula, and it really all trashed the boat. It gashed it. It was, it was of, of no value. Um, the crew, uh, twenty-three men, were able to finally get to shore by using a lifeboat and you know relaying back and forth until everybody got in shore. Well, they had a bit of a problem too, which we go into the first part of the boat book. Um, they were first of all they were lost. They thought they had gone past, had gone west of the little community of Copper Harbor. And the reason they thought that, the captain thought he had seen through the storm uh, a landmark called Brockway Mountain. The truth of the matter is they were actually still east of Copper Harbor. So they get off, they get onto dry land, dry as in four, inch, four feet of snow, um, and they think, well, if we want to get to Copper Harbor, let's head east. Now, some of these guys from Detroit were not at all prepared for this. I mean, there were some crew members that were wearing loafers. You know, oh. so anyhow, they, they start heading east. Now, there's no communications in those days. Nobody knows the ship is wrecked. They start heading east, which is making it even worse. Finally, realizing their mistake, they turn around and head west. But they are totally lost. They're starting to freeze. They spend a couple nights out, you know, just making a campfire, whatever, to survive. And uh, it's a a pretty long story as to how the Coast Guard finally found them, but found them, rescued them, got them to the little town of Copper Harbor, where there were some uh, great uh, residents who took them in, what was left of them, thawed them out, fed them, and were finally able to get uh, the medical attention either uh, by taking them to a, uh, having them taken to a hospital about 40 miles away by sleigh, um, or um, just getting medical help to them. Uh, ultimately, they all did end up in the hospital in Calumet, Michigan, which is about 40 miles to the south of Copper Harbor. So we've, we've got the crew saved, but now we still have over 200 cars sitting on this abandoned ship on a reef. Well, Walter Chrysler says, wait a minute, I want my cars back. So <laughs> he, hires, he hires a salvage crew out of Duluth with a mission. I'll give you $170 for every car that is returned to me in Detroit. Okay, so now what do we do? Well... What they did is they waited a couple months until the ice froze around the reef. And at that point, they were able to unload the cars one at a time onto the reef. Then the idea was, well, if we get them to shore, we can plow a road to Copper Harbor. Well, that lasted for about a mile, and that didn't work. And somebody said, wait a minute, the, the water is frozen enough along the shore of Lake Superior, we'll just drive them along the shore. Sounds simple, but some of the cars didn't have batteries. Some of them that did have batteries, the batteries were dead. So they'd drive a few cars along Lake Superior, get them to Copper Harbor, and then take the batteries back out. You know, they finally got them. Now, a, a picture on the book, on the cover and inside the book, shows 200 and some Chryslers lined up in this little community of Copper Harbor, 
probably population three dozen at that time, and you got 240 cars. So now what? Now what's the mission? Well, Walter launches cars in Detroit. So the idea is let's get them from Copper Harbor to that town of Calumet where there's a railroad depot. Again, sounds simple, but it's not because the road from Cal from Calumet to Copper Harbor is never plowed in the wintertime. Uh, you know, if you live in Copper Harbor in the winter, you better have a lot of provisions because you're going to be there until snow melts, and that could be late spring. So they get the two county highway commissions together, and they work for almost two full weeks to get that road opened. The final section of the road was so heavy in snow, like about eight feet, that they actually brought in a rotor, a new rotary snow uh, plow that had been invented and was being used in Minnesota. Albert Lee, as I recall. Sure. And uh, they brought that in, solved the problem, got the road cleared, and uh, started getting the cars to Calumet. Now, in the meantime, while they're plowing the road, they're hauling by sleigh fuel to Copper Harbor because there's not enough gas in those cars to make the trip. So they get the cars gassed up. Now they got the road cleared. So what's next? Well, the salvage company says, we will pay $5 a head for anybody that can drive one of those cars down that newly plowed road to Calumet. Well, you know, there were a lot of high school boys that took off that day to make $5 driving a car to Calumet. Um, now, here's an interesting question, and we solved part of it in the book. You know, if, you, if you're being paid $5 and you're driving a brand-new Chrysler down the road to Calumet, hmm, brand-new Chrysler. Well, you know, as you get closer to Calumet, there's some side roads, and the, the rumor up there is that some of the cars never made it to Calumet. Oh. Okay. So, uh, we were able to track down one car, which you can still see, by the way, which stayed on the Keweenaw Peninsula. It was sold to a family by a Chrysler dealer who said, yes, it had been on the uh, city of Bangor shipwreck. And um, that family, you know, through generations, kept that car for over 60 years. Um, finally, the car had been driven over 200,000 miles. I don't know if we can get that on a Chrysler today, but anyhow, <laughs> yeah. the, the guy that had it, one of the family members that had it, um, I was so proud of it, he'd drive it in parades, he'd drive it all over town. And uh, as it was handed down in the family, it finally got to the point where it was no longer of interest. It was sold to somebody that thought he would restore it, make a few dollars. That didn't work. And they finally sold it to the great, uh, to the uh, Eagle Harbor uh, Lighthouse Museum. Now, the Eagle Harbor is just a little bit east of Copper Harbor, up there on Lake uh, Superior Shore. So that car ultimately was taken 
to the uh, Eagle Harbor Lighthouse Museum where it sits today. And there's all kinds of pictures in the book of it. Um, and you can go see it. And it's got 200,000 miles on it, and it's in pretty darn good shape, except the um, historian there at the museum will point out to you a spot on the car that has an ax mark where the ice was chopped away to get it off the boat. Um, oh it, it's just The story is amazing uh, how so many people got involved on that peninsula to do whatever it took to, to rescue the crew, to get them safe and sound, to uh, get those cars rescued off that boat, and ultimately get most of them, we think, back to Walter. Um, it's just, it's truly, you know, they say, and I mentioned this in the back of my book, you know, the saying, it takes a village. Well, I'll tell you what, it took a peninsula to accomplish that whole mission of saving crew and cars. Uh, we were fortunate to obtain some fantastic photos. We've got photos of the cars coming off of the boat. We've got photos of the cars driving along Lake Superior. And we were lucky because the captain of the Coast Guard rescue boat was an amateur photographer. So he, man, he stuck with the story as long as he could, and his photos were handed down through the family. Some of them are now in the museum, and I was allowed to use them in the book, along with a lot of other photos that we found in various places. So, it, you know, it, it, it's a great story. Uh, it's true, and uh, that area is a fantastic place to visit. I have gone up there many times, and that's how I found the, the, the story, was visiting up there a couple of years ago, and here's this little article in one of these tourist-type magazines about, you know, there was a shipwreck out here, and about three paragraphs about it, and I thought, no, wait a minute, this is too good. I got to I gotta get into this. So that's how the book evolved, and, and it, it's been, you know what is surprising? I thought I was writing a shipwreck book, and, and a lot of shipwreck uh, people like it and have ordered it and uh, mm -hmm. bookstores were handling it. But much to my surprise, the classic vintage car people have, have fallen in love with the story. And I've got vintage car museums that are selling the book in their gifts, gift shops. Uh, just like talking with you guys, uh, I've done a lot of interviews with vintage car shows, you know. How did those old Chryslers get saved? So it's got two interests, and uh, if you like either, we got the book for you. Now, Larry, I have to ask you a question. What, these 240 Chryslers, how many different models? Like there was the 50, the 60, the Imperial, the Roadsters. Were they all the different models of that 26 Chrysler? No, it was the uh, 50. Uh, it was pretty much their... Uh, I don't want to say bottom range, but mid-range. I think it sold for around eight hundred dollars at that time, and okay. uh, it was it was pretty popular. You know, those those three years, those first three years of Chrysler, um, 26, 25, 26, 27, um, those were key years for Chrysler. They were really coming on and became the fourth largest automobile manufacturer at the time. Then, so uh, the cars were in demand. 
and it was a good mid-range uh, price uh, that, that people were anxious to get it. God, they're very, very good-looking cars. Matter of fact, six years ago on February eighteenth, two thousand seventeen, one sold for forty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a lot more than the original eight, isn't it? <laughs> yes, more than the eight hundred it sold for. Yeah, there's a nineteen twenty-six Chrysler fifty. It's for sale right now for fifteen thousand um, dollars in Grand Rapids, Michigan. As a matter of fact, so that's not that far from that one. Might have been on the boat. Maybe that was on the boat. You know, I've been trying to find. Uh, cars, you know, that were on the boat. I've talked to people who, you know, who said, well, my grandfather drove one of those, you know, on the rescue. Uh, the closest we could find, uh, and we, I didn't talk about some whippets too, but anyhow, the closest we could find, right. there's a remains of one that we know was on the boat that didn't go back to Detroit, and it is presently being used uh, the power and part of the chassis for things like, you know, cutting up firewood and that, that type of thing. It's auxiliary power. So we found that one. Uh, what we haven't mentioned, you know, there were also six Whippets. A Whippet was a car made by the Willis Company in Toledo. And there were six Whippets on that boat. And we know for Almost a fact. We, we pretty well got it nailed down that none of those went back to Detroit. I mean, whether it was Walter himself or whether it was in, his insurance company, they're not going to pay to bring back a competitor's car. We found one whippet um, and a picture of it that was left in Copper Harbor, by uh, left in the hands of two men who had kind of a boarding house at that time, and they handed it down. And we've got a picture of it when the uh, shed it was being stored in started to collapse, and it was offered for sale again. So we found that one. We also talked to a lady who is with the Historical Society, um, and she remembered back many, many years ago, uh, she bought a whippet at an estate sale in Calumet. So that's two of the six. In downtown Calumet, there's the Hotel Michigan. And on the wall in the Hotel Michigan, and one also hanging from the ceiling, there are wooden wheels from a whippet. So that's number three. So we know for sure where three went. Uh, where did the other three go? Probably in a landfill someplace. Who knows? You know. But there's no doubt that the Whippets never made it back to Toledo or even to Detroit. Uh, and, and it's just so many different angles, of fascinating parts of the, of the story that my challenge was putting it all together into some degree of chronological sense. Yeah, that made, that does make total sense. As a matter of fact, I, I'd like to point out, Larry, these are beautiful cars. They're not some dumpy-looking car. They're gorgeous cars. They they indeed are, and and you know I've I've had the chance since I wrote this to uh, have talked to and seen photos of and visited even a few of the um, car museums, and boy, they, they really stand out. The, the, Chrysler's not only from that year, but the years around it. You know, I mean, that was that was really, boy, cars. What a great thing. You know, people were yeah. really starting to get into it, <laughs> and 
and they were making them at a price that the average guy, you know, he could pretty much work it out and and, and get one. So there was a, there was a product and a demand. I think it's just a wonderful story. And and how did you first come upon this story yourself? Well, like I say, I I am originally from northern Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and had been in. Uh, radio and television. I'm an old news dog, radio and television. Uh, I first discovered Upper Michigan, uh, the Upper Peninsula, when I was in TV in Green Bay. And I used to go up there to cover various stories. Um, I just became fascinated by the area. Later mm-hmm. got into snowmobiling and, and found where can I find more snow than in Upper Michigan in Keweenaw? So I started snowmobiling up there. <coughs> And I just, I found the area fascinating. So much history, the copper mining up there, and you guys are well aware of mining situations. Um, it just, so much that uh, it really fascinated me. So every time that I go north, and I do go north every summer to get away from Louisiana heat and humidity, uh, sure. I make the point to spend a good deal of time in Upper Michigan, especially up in the Keweenaw. Well, as it happened, that's how I discovered the little story, just kind of a local, I don't want to say rumor, but just a little local something they talk about. And as I dug into it, I became fascinated by it. I thought, this is an amazing story. Somebody has to gather it all together. And and that was my mission. You know, in the book, um, we, we talk about the, the saving of the crew. There was a family in Copper Harbor that took them all in. And at that time, you know, you didn't have, you couldn't run to the grocery store. The family had, uh, the, the father had actually slaughtered a couple of pigs in preparation for the winter. Uh, as as it's, it's said, they had a well-producing cow and some chickens. So they, they took all these um, frozen crewmen in thought about, fed them, got them medical assistance. And part of researching the book, I was able to find and contact the granddaughter of that family. And she, in fact, met with me back up in the Copper Harbor area. And the second time we got together, she she came up and she said, I was digging through some of my grandmother's uh, boxes of memories and she came upon a card that had been addressed to her grandmother from the first mate of that boat. And it was a Christmas card with him thanking them for saving all of the crewmen and what they had done. It, it's, it, when you read the card, it, it almost brings you to tears. Right. She, she allowed me to copy and reproduce that card in the book. And that's that's the kind of things that really motivated me when I got this kind of help. And I'd go to you know research groups and so forth. Um, I'd get I'd get some great help in my in my search for photos and facts and so forth. And it 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 just my wife said you became addicted to the story for a year, and I I guess I did. I <laughs> I just found it fascinating. Well, it's a great story. There's no doubt about it. And Larry, I can't let you go without asking you one more question. Is that all right? I'm here. You think the Packers are going to hold on to Aaron Rodgers? 
No, in fact, uh, <laughs> since Derek Carr has signed on with our Saints, uh, two things are happening with Mr. Rogers. Uh, Calif- uh, California. Um, yeah, right. The, the Jets have flown out to California to meet personally with Mr. Rogers. Oh. Also, also, a very knowledgeable sports reporter said, don't count out the Miami Dolphins. They oh. said that the, you know, the Dolphins had problems with their quarterback last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the, the, you know, they, they tried to put together that deal to get Breeze and, and, uh, and Peyton down there, and that, that fell apart. Actually, it never really happened, but they were prepared the Dolphins were prepared to actually uh, pony up a little ownership. Well, these are the kind of things that uh, this reporter says that really get the interest of, of our fair-haired Mr. Rogers. And uh, he said, by no means should you rule out a surprise announcement coming on the, the part of Miami uh, picking up Aaron Rodgers. So it won't be long, we'll know. But we know one thing. When Derek Carr signed with the Saints, the Green Bay Packers in the management office just increased the price greatly of Aaron Rodgers. He became the number one quarterback to be obtained during the offseason. He, he won't be back with the pack. And it, it's interesting um, in reading comments on the Internet, um, you know, there are more Packer fans, I think, that want to see him go than want to see him stay. They, That's what they, I hear. Yeah. And my my editorial opinion is he did an awful lot of damage to the Packers. You know, I was in Green Bay during the Lombardi years. I, I was working for TV in Green Bay during the Lombardi mm-hmm. years. And you, you know what Vince would have done. Of course, Vince had his own thing. Vince yes. would have said... Just bye-bye, you know, don't let the door catch you. You know, Vince would have tolerated none of that. That's and, right. Um, so I, I think that, the, and, you you know, it came out earlier this, this spring, Jordan Love said, if I can't, I'm not sitting on the bench another year. If, if I can't play, I'm out of here, I'm gone. You know, so here's, here's the Packers. They've invested in a, a good backup quarterback. He's... Uh, you know, he's done well when he's been on the field. And, you know, there, even if they kept Rodgers, it would only be maybe another year. And you, then who are you going to replace him with? You got this guy who now is saying, if I can't play, I'm leaving. You know, so there's, there's more reasons for the Packers to uh, say goodbye to Aaron Rodgers than there is for them to keep him. And I, no it'll question. happen. It'll happen. I tell you what, Larry, I've yet in my life, growing up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, born in Long Prairie, Minnesota, but growing up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, I have yet to meet a person from Green Bay, Wisconsin, who's not a football fan. It just doesn't happen. Well, what happens when you, and I've spent a lot of time in Louisiana, where I'm pretty much my home now. I was in in Shreveport in TV. Uh, I'm on a little bayou down here in Cajun country. And so you, you kind of become a Saints fan first, but a Packers fan always. 
And the only problem is when the, the two play each other, you know. I, yeah. I happened to be up in uh, Eagle River, Wisconsin, two years ago when that opening game and the, and the Saints just demolished <laughs> the Packers. I, I almost felt like I had to hide my license plate on my car, you know. <laughs> yes, so, I understand. The, the Packers have a heck of a tradition. Uh, I've, I've been to Lambeau Field about four years ago, and what they've done at Lambeau then compared to what Lambeau was when I was there, you know, I was there, you know, and the game wasn't played there, but I was there years one and two of the Super Bowl, you know. I mean, I, I was lucky to be the, or unlucky, to be the man in the street after the Ice Bowl, you know, the Dallas game. So, uh you know, we could talk Packers all day, and I could tell you some Lombardi stories too. But uh, you know, it, it, it it's truly a community operation up there, and they'll never leave Green Bay if there's ever <clears throat> not to be a Packers. They just won't go someplace else. They'll be disbanded, and the, the money guy I think goes to the VFW or somebody. I don't know. Right. Anyhow. I think you're right. Larry Jorgensen, J-O-R-G-E-N-S-E-N, shipwrecked and rescued the city of Bangor. You can get it on Amazon. Larry, you're a great guest. And anytime you want to talk football, and can, call. And you can go to my, I got to get a sneak and a plug here. You can go okay. to my website, which is simply shipwreckedandrescued.com. And, you know, if, if you order on the website and tell me who you are and you want me to to write some nasty comments in there. I'll even do that for you. <laughs> well, thank you, Larry. I appreciate that. Larry, come back soon. Love talking to you. Thank you. We'll do it. Y'all hang in there in Minnesota. Things are looking good for the Vikings, too. I hope you're right. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Larry Jorgensen, ladies. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. 
You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, your mama, Umau Mao, just walked in. <laughs> oh, my God. Good timing. Uh, I think our dog is going to definitely be on the stage winning an Oscar. What now? Oh, yeah, he, nothing at all. I'm guessing. Just well, first of all, let me bit. let me tell you let me tell you guys one thing before she even starts. She walks in with the dog just now, and she's wiping her eyes and nose with a tissue. And I'm thinking, oh my god, this is going to be horrible. <laughs> no, it's just allergies. <laughs> god, I thought for sure he was croaking. I'm like looking over oh, your. Oh, the way your... he acted today. Okay, so our dog hurt his paw about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Then we went to um, Disney World, and I had to board him for four nights, which he does not like. Um, he seemed fine. We picked him up. He seemed fine Monday. Tuesday, he started. He yiped a couple of times and looked at me like I stabbed him. Um, and I was like, "Oh, you know, poor baby. He probably overdid it at daycare. Blah blah blah." Or uh, boarding. He yiped again, um, just walking around on the bed. So all of a sudden, he starts like throwing himself into corners. Yes. Hanging out on Dad's lap, even though I'm in the room, and looking at me like mm. I've murdered him. Then he starts holding up his pocket. Today, I I start the shower. He gets in the shower with the shower running and throws himself into a corner. I'm like, he's demented. He's clearly demented. There's got to be something wrong with his heart. He's demented. His heart's gone. He said, this dog is dying. Last night, he was on Dad's lap, his tail tucked between his legs. Oh. Last night, he went in and out of his crate. He yiped once in his crate. I'm like, okay, so I've got to take this dog to the vet, right? Something clearly wrong with him. I mean, he's a dramatic dog, but this is, like, beyond. Uh, Doctor bent every joint every which way, never got even a yipe. The thing that he didn't like the most was getting the... um, Thermometer. thermometer up his bum. Yeah, that was that was the worst part. <laughs> he didn't care. That for was that. definitely the worst part of everything for him. Um, he's like, well, I, you know, he does have a subluxating, subluxating, subluxating patella. Subluxating. Subluxating. It hurts. Sub- it clearly hurts. Um, I think there's something wrong with his paw pad <clears throat> a little bit. It's a little swollen. I, I think your dog is maybe a little dramatic. <laughs> you think maybe? I'm like, no broken leg. No dementia, no, no heart problem. How is how can this be? This dog it's has phenomenal. been acting like death door. So, I, I told Dad, I said I'll wait twenty four hours, day and a half, to, before I bring him in, see if he gets better. He seemed to be getting worse and worse and worse. Yep. Next time, do not let me bring him to the vet for three full days. Okay. Three full days, because he's so such a baby. Are you Marlon Brando? Where are where'd he go now? He's under so, the did you, did they, well, he knows I'm mad at him now. Oh he does. Did they mm-hmm. stick you with like a thousand dollar bill? Say. Oh, it actually wasn't bad. I was surprised. I was because I, I, I was I'm going in there and I'm thinking EKG, uh, MRI. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my god, I wonder the where things, you get the drama from. The <laughs> things that I, yeah, you wouldn't 
believed him. Dad even was like, something's wrong with Jude. What's wrong with Jude? He even checked on him before he went to bed. I mean, Dad was also like really worried about him. Jude was exceptionally dramatic. Oh, God. Way over the top. Way Give me an example. I'm sitting on the couch watching television, and I've got a pillow on my lap because I like to rest my hands on a pillow when I'm watching TV, right? All of a sudden, Jude gets on top of the pillow on top of me. Yeah. So basically, his body's even with my face. Yeah. And he sat there for about, what, an hour? No, and he's got the, and he had his tail tucked between his legs. Yes, he did. Oh, my God. Oh, it's terrible. I'm dying. (laughs) So anyway, the vet only charged me $68 for a charge for a call because I didn't have to get x-rays, MRIs. He didn't Mm -hmm. take any real tests. Yeah. He didn't okay. have to go to the specialist. Nothing mm. like that. No. no. I, so, and then he got on a, an anti-inflammatory. He's like, <clears throat> I, I, he's like I, I have no doubt that he's got some pain. I'm like, but you wouldn't believe. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, dogs have a tendency to really communicate mm. to us. Because oh, I'm used to my Jack Russell, who, I mean, if, if he had a leg sawed off, he wouldn't he would be like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Let's go for a run. He'd be fine. <laughs> I remember exactly. going to the uh, vet after he got kicked by the horse. Yeah. His eye was like coming out and he wasn't yeah. like yiping or yelping or anything. No. Nope. He was just laying that's there. How, that's how Bella was too. One time she Carriers, th- yeah. Yeah, she threw out her back because her body was so long and her legs were so short. She threw out her back. <laughs> yep, and she true. couldn't, at home, she like could not stand. She was just, mm. I was like, she can't yeah. stand. And she wasn't a dramatic, like, mm-hmm. in that way. She was dramatic in other ways. Mm. But when yeah. it came to pain, she was always like, I'm good. Don't worry about me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then, and she wouldn't stand, couldn't walk, yep. couldn't do anything. And I brought her to the vet, and they're like, okay, will you see if she'll just walk down the hallway? And I was like, no way. She won't even stand up. And at the vet, she just trots down the yeah. hallway like I feel fine and yeah. she's like and she said mm-hmm. the opposite she was like I think that your dog is faking that she's fine so we don't yeah. poke her and Probably. prod her with yeah. things well, well no no oh. no. Jude was a lot better at the vet he yep. was a lot better he says he says what happens is they get a wash of adrenaline because they're at yeah. the vet yeah and, and they're like it's all um, good yeah and then, and then they mask their their problems so that's not all that uncommon so Jude's is trying to make you feel bad for being gone mm, more than probably. Anything, probably I think there might be something to that Hobbs used yeah, to do that to me maybe. all the time yeah. anytime I would go out of town Hobbs wouldn't look at me for oh, yeah. five days <laughs> and he would pee and poop in my tub mm-hmm. oh every time <laughs> at least it was in the tub it was I know it was like thank was you easy tub, to clean yeah. up yeah. no big deal but also what the hell mm-hmm. yeah I've heard of Why a lot of cats way? Cats, cats will go and poop and pee in someone's bed that leaves for a while. Didn't it's like, Weezy oh do yeah, that? cats are spiteful. Ah, uh, that was Munchie. <laughs> that was Munchie. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I knew one of them did that. Oh yeah, oh, right on your pillow mm-hmm. or something. It's like, f you. Dude, are you embarrassed? How dare you leave? No, I, I do think he has some pain. He has some pain. Yeah, just but he's not on death's pain. door like you would think. <laughs> Like, if I ever act like that, you can guarantee that I'm dying within 24 hours. Yeah. yeah if you just <laughs> ran into a shower and hid in a corner, I yeah. definitely would think something's wrong with mom. Yep. Might need to take her to the vet. Yeah. Yeah, something is up. God. God. And the sad look he has on oh, his face. Oh, look. no. Oh, my God. So three <clears throat> days next time, Jude. No exceptions. Unbelievable. Yeah, never. This is our life right here. This is all we got going on. Honest to God, I literally, after he didn't recover, after sitting on my lap, he literally sat on my lap for like three hours last night. Nope. Yeah, he was right next to dad, which is so weird. Yeah, it is. That when I'm home, normally it's mommy, 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 but no, it's daddy, daddy, daddy. 
I literally, honest to God, when when I saw him again this morning, I thought, man, this is a this is a major problem. There's something really <laughs> wrong with him. And he was acting the whole time. He's just putting it on BS. Well, act. like I said, he has some pain, mm-hmm. but not death store pain. No, no. Well, everybody that has a pet has a story of. I brought my dog to the vet because of whatever, Mm -hmm. and it turned out to be absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, I used to have this dog, Terry Poo, when I was growing up. Her name was Ginger, and she was such an actress. If you would race her from the mailbox to the house and you were winning, she would stop, yipe, and hold up a paw. And then you went back to see what was wrong with her. She'd race to the front door. Like, sucka! That was unbelievable. You fell for it. I did. Yep. Oh, God, what a world this is. (laughs) Yeah, so Jude is most likely fine. He's going to be on some pain uh, anti-inflammatories for three to four days. And we will reassess if he doesn't get better. My my guess is he'll be better. It would seem to be. Yeah. Unbelievable. So how'd the show go without me? It was terrible. Oh. What, what do you, I mean, it just fell apart. <laughs> we barely have made it I, by. I am yeah. the glue that holds together the pieces. There's no question about it. Absolutely. There's no getting around. Mm-hmm. Devin's with us today. Yes, I heard his yep. dulcet tones. Dulcet uh, tones. I mm. am here. No, but taking, like... My dog, when I first got him, he had like a weird bowel movement, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's probably dying." And one took poop? him, yeah, like <laughs> took him to the vet, and first it was time. like a right. It was like a seven hundred dollar bill to find out that my dog had like the equivalent of like a minor cold. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, oh. never again." We'll we'll wait till he's on death's door mm-hmm. before we bring him in. I think I think three days is a good. I mean, unless you know, there's clearly a limb swinging, or you know, right. mm-hmm. they will this not is, put weight on something. This for, is why it's good to get mutts from the street. I tell you, Birch and May <laughs> yeah. never have a problem. They're like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I just am happy to have a roof over my head, <laughs> and they're sturdy. I don't know. Yeah. I never. They never have problems. Knock on wood. Oh, I've never now had that a dog. Like, it's going to be like. I bet, I've never oh, had a dog like this. Dog never. vet stuff can be so expensive. Jude is unique. Oh, that's yeah. For sure. So yeah. expensive. Veterinary stuff is like oh, unbelievably me, we know. expensive. Yeah, you've just gone through it with Hobbs. Mm-hmm. And that's like when Bella was her last few months of life, I think we spent $4,000. Yep. Oh, yeah. stuff. Ow. Yeah. Yep. And it's yeah. Like, the, like what they're actually doing, it's like there's no way it can be yeah. that expensive. I think no. it's more like we know that this you're going to pay this because you don't want your dog to Yes. Die. I'm sure that's a big well, part of and it. And the things that people will do, you know, because Bella had lung cancer, which is weird. Um, weird. Heavy smoker. <laughs> yeah, heavy, yeah, heavy she smoker. She probably yeah. would have been. Before <laughs> we got her, we don't know what she was into. If we she got was a human, she, she would have been so a smoker. I, yeah. Yeah. She would have been a chain smoker yeah. for sure. Me. And a heavy drinker. Yeah, mm-hmm. not shocking. Um, but she had lung cancer, and they were like, well, you can do uh, chemotherapy, and it's X amount of Never. treatments, and it's $1,000 per treatment, yep. and it ex- nope. could extend her life probably about six months. And I'm like, the fact that people, some people would be like, yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know people it. that have done it. Yeah. I know people that have spent $10,000 buying their dog <laughs> an extra year. And their quality of life is not nothing right. at that point because they're just good. miserable. And it's like, really? 
What's remember what? we used to have Dr. Pohl. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's got a television show. Yeah, mm-hmm. the incredible Dr. Pohl. Yeah, and he he said no, don't ever do it. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do it. I tell people all the time, don't do it. Don't do the chemo. Don't do the life extending stuff because your animal's gonna be miserable. The side effects of the mm-hmm. medication are terrible. And you're you're buying yourself, you know, it's just for you. It's not yeah. for the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, expensive care for your dog that is so worth it is having them put down at your home. Yeah, we're probably going to do that. If we did that with Bella, must. and it was expensive. <coughs> not like crazy or mm-hmm. anything. I think it was like $500. Oh. <clears throat> um, but it was just so nice to not have the, to go to the vet. Yeah, the vet comes to your house. And they put her down on our couch. And then they took her away. And we had to pay extra to have her not, like, mass cremated with just, like, a bunch of different dogs. Mm -hmm. We were like, no, we just want her ashes, and that's why it was more expensive. So she was cremated on her own, and then they shipped us her ashes. Hmm. Only way to do it. I would never, like, going to a vet... Dogs hate the vet. I'm just waiting. Right. So, like, yeah, the last waiting. thing you yeah. ever do is go to this place that you hate. Right. Wait a no. minute. Wait a minute. You and Andy handled uh, Cassie so well when you both went to the Horrible. vet with me. Would mm-hmm. not recommend. Zero <laughs> that stars. That was terrible. Ugh. Have a dog cold... for 18 years and then you watch him die. Like, well, ugh. And it's like they're in this cold slab of steel yeah. and just Real. like, ugh. Yeah. No. Well, here's one. Melissa. Her aunt did two $20,000 surgeries <gasps> oh, on a me. lab for hip dysplasia. Excuse oh. me, what? Oh. Absolutely th- mm. Where do you, Absolutely what? Not. <laughs> I don't for even hip, know if I do two $20,000 surgeries on myself. And, right. and Is it that much? My God, that's a well, ton. Well, it was like a very severe type of hip dysplasia where they basically had to reconstruct the entire hip. So what's the alternative? The wheelchair thing? Basically, yeah. Okay. They just wheelchair. stop wheelchair. being wheelchair. Absolutely, I put wheelchair. And I guess after you do it once, I mean, well, I guess what's the second time? Then? I guess if you you're already, already in so much right, debt, you're already in, already in yeah. so deep. But no, I already had to sell my house for this dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a lot of wow. Money. That's but at least my yeah. dog See, that can run that's, free. That's yeah. really a tough one to do because I'm sure the hip surgery probably really increase the dog's quality of life oh, yeah. for a long time. Once they do it, the dog's good, basically. Yeah, yeah. see, that's um, the whole thing. It's again, like, uh, I would have a nice conversation with Prince. I'd be like, hey, man, we can, <laughs> we can fix your hip. No problem. 20000 we can do that. Or we can b- go buy like $20,000 worth of treats. Like the choice is yeah, yours. Which <laughs> get you a wheelchair. Let's make you a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. That's cooler, isn't it? Again, there you that's go. a Mutts really from tough the street. One. They don't have these problems. Labs do have a lot of problems. Labs have a lot of problems. I don't and know like, why. I don't, a lot well, of purebred dogs They're have... another overbred dog. <clears throat> a lot very, of purebred yeah, dogs. They are. Yeah. Like German Shepherds. I was say, they're German not even the Shepherds. same dog as they used to be 100 years ago. Yeah, they look way different now. Yeah. They've got yeah, major, they that back sloping thing that they yeah. have. That's not normal. Their they're not supposed to do that. Their legs are so much bigger than yep. longer than their back legs. Yeah, they look like those, uh, what are they called, penny farthing bicycles? With a huge wheel oh, on the front oh, and yeah, a tiny yeah, one yeah. in the back. I had no idea that, if that's yeah. what they were you called. You have given me a thousand guesses, <laughs> yeah. and I would never have guessed that. I think, Penny farthing? No. Did I just make that up, or is that real? I, I think have it is. no Your guess idea. Is good uh, as mine. Yeah, no, that's what it's I called. I believe you because you're it's right real. about Penny farthing. Because it was yeah. a penny and a farthing for the bike? Is that why it was called that? <laughs> Maybe, Because that's money. 
Yes. Maybe. The penny is much bigger than a farthing, so it looks like a penny and oh, a farthing. Oh, it's there a farthing. We go. Yeah. There you go. Farthing is, is another coin. Old it's British coin. Less yeah. than a penny? Uh, it was. Oh, a penny used to. They used to cut pennies. One fourth of one penny. Yeah. Not terribly <laughs> useful, I wouldn't think. <laughs> wouldn't Why think. Back when a penny, <laughs> and when a penny was real money. I suppose, yeah. This, I mean, yeah. This was. It was first. Well, it was last minted in 1956. So I mean, what wow. was one nine hundred sixtieth of a pound worth in 1956? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. Still more than you think. And maybe. Of a pound or a penny? Nine hundred sixtieth of a pound. Fourth of a penny. A fourth of a penny. Okay. So I mean, but that's penny. still fourth of a penny. Well, that's what's a halfpenny? Uh, half a penny. That would make half sense. Penny. It's a half a penny. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they a half penny. What are you pennies? buying with that? Like, <laughs> just give it away for free at that point. Well, yeah. keep I mean, your half the penny metal the it's made out of must be worth like 20 times the value. Right. Of, yeah. Well, it's, times where people made a dollar sixty a week. So that just seems like a flawed you know? system. Right. You're paying somebody more to make the coin than the yeah. coin is actually worth. Yeah. Yeah, that Probably. is interesting. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. I have a question for everybody because uh, this story just popped up on my screen a few minutes ago. <clears throat> Do you think we've gotten to the point, and I'm, I'm really glad we have somebody from every decade uh, basically on the show right now. Do you think we are turning, finally turning the corner and all this hate, hating one another? Oh, and, uh, we this almost stuff? made it through the show. No, so no. Close. Okay, well, you do the show. <laughs> I mean, this is an important story that I'm doing, Okay. But anyway, don't you have to go back to the bed, bed or something? All right. Get back there. The Senate prepared to block. I didn't know my question is this. Do you think we're getting to the point now where, where people are beginning to use reason instead of just hating one another? This actually is really good news. The Democrats and the Republicans have come together to block D.C., the District of Columbia's recently revised criminal code. They were literally, what, you were the one who told me that, they were, like murderers got about two weeks in prison. Yeah, there's just a guy, no, there was a guy that just raped two children in Minnesota, a four-year-old and a nine-year-old, and he got 180 days. What? For raping two babies. Yep. See, what? I don't think it's it? legal for me to say what I think should happen to that guy. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But yeah, here's 180 great, days. This is from the Wall Street Journal, a very positive story. I think the Senate prepared to block the District of Columbia's recently revised criminal code with many Democrats expected to join the Republicans in stopping a city law for the first time in 30 years. Well, Many Senate Democrats, including those facing uh, tough re-election fights. Now, these people are tough re-election fights, and they're still blocking it because it's so wrong what they're doing. Um, 
Basically, uh, they've raced to join the Republicans because of concern that some parts of the penal code overall would lower criminal sentencing just as murders and car thefts are rising in the capital city. Uh, the vote expected later today is on a measure from Bill Senator Bill Haggerty, a Republican from Tennessee, to use Congress's authority to overturn the city's laws before they take effect. Congress has routinely added riders to spending bills to nullify D.C. measures on issues including drugs and abortion, but has not formally blocked a D.C. law since 1991. That's why I brought this up, not because of the fact that people hate one another. Maybe this is the first sign they've, dis- they've really discovered this woke bullshit has to go away. It, we've had enough. Well, according to this USA Today article, both Biden and Mayor Bowser oppose the overhaul. Yes. So who supports it? Where is it even coming from? It's a good question because I saw the same thing. She does. The how- Bowser did say, though, that she opposes Congress making decisions for a city. Which I actually agree on. Yeah, but you can't be doing this to people. You, you got people being murdered in your streets every day, and then you're going to put them in jail for a couple of weeks? I mean, Jesus, you can't do that. Well, they're doing it. Yes, well, that's what I'm saying. Are. Maybe this is the, the beginning of the end of doing that, because let's protect the people who actually get off their ass and work mm-hmm. instead of robbing and killing people. But you're supposed to feel guilty for having a job. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you? Because you have a job. <laughs> you should feel guilty about it? Yep, you're supposed to feel bad. Why? Because you're not doing enough. How you? The tax rate is 52 percent in America. How is that not doing enough? You're personally not doing enough just by working. Mm-hmm. I work and I pay the 52 percent. Mine's actually a little higher than that, I think. Oh, but in sorry. any case, how am I not doing my part? I don't know. Ask a ask a politician; they'll tell you. Well, they will. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's true. So we're doing I did make a mistake. Mandatory minimums for many crimes. Reduce the maximum penalties for burglary, carjacking, and robbery. Oh, God. Uh, Andy, see. aren't they actually asking people to rob you and steal your car by lowering the penalties? Uh, yes, absolutely. That's insane. A lot of the country, especially the big cities, are just blatantly pro-crime lately, and I don't know what that's all about. Like Somebody's making more money. criminals. Somebody's making money from it. I guarantee because you that. People like Joe uh, Soros are paying for DAs to be installed. This is very true. Yeah. We you should not amazing. allow foreign money in any of our politics. One no, cent not, of foreign money. No, you're absolutely right. But you know what? There's a show called America's Book of Secrets. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I watched it this morning at 6 o'clock. Have you ever seen the show? Uh, yes. Very good show. Well, today's was about who really runs the world. Not just the country, but the world. And basically, everything you and I do has nothing to do with anything. Anything the president does, vice presidents, senators, governors, all, they, whatever they do doesn't matter at all. The entire world basically is run by about 50 multi-billionaires. Right. I believe it. Yeah. Oh, that's what they, and they showed proof of it, that they do whatever the hell they want. And a matter of fact, they pointed out, if you're only worth one, two, three billion, there's no way you're getting in our club, because you've got to be worth at least like 40 billion. <laughs> You peasant. You peasant. You only only have a billion. billion. We're not listening to you. (coughs) But seriously, they said you can vote for whomever you want. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Republican because it doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, It's whatever the ultra-rich want they get, and that's just how America is now. Isn't that disgusting? I think it's been like that for a while. But, I mean, it's total control now. They used to at least give the president a voice. They don't even do that anymore. Well, that's why you have somebody like Joe Biden that doesn't really care. 
And did, did Donald Trump care? He just wanted to make more money by being president, didn't he? I don't know what his deal was. I don't know. At first, he tried to do a good job, I guess. I don't know. But I, I, I literally was depressed for about an hour thinking that, that a group of about 50 people run the entire country and doesn't matter what you want, you can do whatever the hell you want because whatever they want is what's going to happen and you don't even matter. That's why we should start voting for the person that has the smallest political campaign. That wouldn't be a bad no, idea. No, just everybody just start, anybody that's like grassroots, got, has no money, start voting all those people in and replace all these very wealthy politicians, just get them out of there, and then maybe they'll learn their lesson and they'll stop acting like this. But how are you going to stop billionaires? You guys have any idea? How are you going to stop because a they, bunch of billionaires? Because if they don't get politicians giving them everything they want to run their multinational corporations right. and slave labor and everything else that they get and do then they won't have any reason to do it. And you know what inspired it all? What got them thinking the way they think? It's something I've been bitching about my whole life. I pay you taxes for 50 years. You use my money for 50 years for free. And then when you give it back, you still keep about a third of it. That's only in Minnesota. No, no, it's not. It's across the country. You know, unless there's... Uh, you know, like Florida doesn't have a state tax. Are you talking about Social Security tax? Yes, I'm talking about Social yeah. Security tax. There's only like, I think, seven states that tax Social Security. What there? a surprise that Minnesota's one of them. <laughs> yeah. I think there's only seven. <clears throat> but in any case, how did they ever... Well, that was Harry Truman. He wanted to balance the, the... He put it in the general fund to balance the budget. That's why he did it. And you and I have been getting screwed out of money ever since. I mean, can you imagine lending that much money to somebody for 50 years without ever getting a dime, and as a matter of fact, you still lose money when they give it back to you. How did we ever okay that? We never did. See, you don't, that's the other thing. You don't even get the, a chance to vote on that kind of stuff. Nope. So, I mean, this is a situation where we have got to do something about these people pissing our money away because all of the money goes back to the same 40, 50 people that are multi, multi, multi-billionaires anyway. Doesn't that suck? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not, it's like... The whole, and like you're saying with like social security, things like that, like if we're, and if we're paying, obviously we have to pay taxes and all of that, but like then we should see better, like I shouldn't drive down, you know, Hennepin downtown and have to swerve in and out of every pothole that's on the road. And like there should be, we should get our money's worth in like the quality of life that we're living. There shouldn't be all these issues that are created by people that don't have to deal with the issues because they have enough money to separate themselves from essentially from reality yeah i mean isn't it just odd you talking about uh not being part of the uh the top 50 billionaires club or whatever made me think of course of a relevant simpsons bit (laughs) oh i love it always (laughs) so that's how i was outfoxed by a little girl and her half-wit companion when my beautiful stadium was declared a bee sanctuary, and I had to take a third quarter write down of $804 million. Wait a minute. Someone crunched the numbers. He's only worth $996,036,000. He's not a billionaire at all. Wait, wait, wait. It's only a matter of $4 million. I'm sure I can find that somewhere. I have $50 here in my wallet. Mark, can you get me off the hook? For old time's sake. Can't do it, Monty. <gasps> oh, don't worry. You'll feel a lot more comfortable in the 
millionaires can. No, no, just kill me now. <laughs> One more thing. How do you do? I own a minor league hockey team. <laughs> See, that's it, isn't it? Everybody knows this now. Oh, that's a great bit. The Simpsons doesn't have anywhere near the audience it used to have, which is no. unfortunate. Oh, well, it's just been around for oh, yeah. like a little too long, maybe. It's I been don't around know. for a long time. I know, but their social commentary has always been, in my opinion, brilliant. God, it's unbelievable. They have to be coming up on 40 years soon, right? Yeah. God, really? Wow. Yep, absolutely. Let's see. First episode. Uh, well, I mean, if you include the... If you include the Tracy Ullman show, it was 1987, but... Uh, yeah, right. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, that those, but that start. wasn't... That was um, some weird thing called The Simpsons. It wasn't quite the same. But December 17th, 1989. So in six years, they'll be 40 years old. Wow. Oh, how sweet is that? That's a long time. You want to hear one more thing that costs a lot before mm-hmm. we move on? Everything. So... Um, the Lowe's Miami Beach Hotel, right down the road, honey. The Lowe's, okay. Uh-huh, the Miami Beach Hotel. Uh, you can get a room down there, and the room is uh, 500 bucks a, a night. I mean, there are more expensive ones, obviously, but I think the cheapest one you can get is like 500 bucks a night. Which is scary, because that's almost standard these days. It, it sure is. is. <laughs> but here's my favorite part. You can get a room for 500 bucks a night, and you can also get an everyday cabana by the pool, for twelve hundred dollars a day. Oh wow! <laughs> and by the way, what does that come with? Anything good? No mm. food. Food, drink, and tips are extra. What? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't no. even include like a fruit platter. Yeah, not nope. even a wow. cut up pineapple. Come on. Not even a taco. Can't for, for, for yeah, you for that price, I want somebody fanning me with like a palm. Yeah. <laughs> and free yeah. drinks all day. Wow. Oh my God! This guy, the veteran hotelier. Uh, <clears throat> He got his name from Popeye. You know what his last name is? The Sailor, the sailor Man. man. <laughs> you guys remember Popeye, right? Yep. Yeah. Got eight spinach. His last name is Kukuk. Kukuk. What? K U C U K. Kukuk. Kukuk. K U C U K. Yep. I have no idea what kind of name that would. Probably pronounced like. Oh, apparently it means small in Turkish. Turkish. Small in Turkish. In Turkish. Let's see. Let's have uh, Google Translate tell us how to pronounce it in Turkish. Kuchuk. Kuchuk. Well, yeah. Kuchuk. Better than kakak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely. It's better. I just can't believe that the, the, the cabana costs two and a half times more than the room does right. now. <laughs> That's well, amazing. there's fewer cabanas than there are hotel rooms. Well, I suppose. Supply and demand. Yeah, yeah. well, everything is just outrageously priced. Like, are you guys familiar with uh, Formula One? Like the F1? Yeah. That's the racing? Crazy, yeah. So yeah. they're doing a Las Vegas Grand Prix this year. And I was like, oh, like, I love the show. Like, I wonder how much tickets are to go to the F1 race. Oh, God. And <laughs> just for the practice session, not the actual race, just the practice session is a $300 ticket is the cheapest one you can get. What? And it's like oh, it's like $10,000 
for some of these tickets to go to watch this race? Ralph told me yesterday when we weren't on air it's that crazy. they have million-dollar packages that you can mm -hmm. buy to, like, stay at a hotel at Caesars Palace in, like, a really nice room and have the seats and do the thing. And they're closing down. Well, do you get one of the cars when the race is over? <laughs> I, <laughs> and they're closing yeah. down yeah, the main – they're closing down the strip for two weeks beforehand because the oh. race is going to be on the strip. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's one of the straightaways. Closure. And they're building everything Grandstands. around it. Oh, huh. wow. Wow. Jeez. So it's going to be a massive Why not just have it situation? out in the desert where there's not a bunch of stuff? Yeah, for Great real. Questions. Well, that's like their big thing is like racing in cities and shutting oh. down. So like if they came to Minneapolis, they'd like shut all of downtown and transform it into a, like a track. So when, it's like need uh, for speed? Yeah. When Dan and I were in, I think it was when we were in Oslo for our honeymoon, there was a Formula One race and all of these cars were coming off of a boat. Mm -hmm. And oh. I had I've never cared about <coughs> car racing in my I life, really and Dan either. was like all excited, whatever. Not that he's super into car racing, but I was just like, "What is going on?" And there were just people crowding all of these cars, and he's like, "Oh, they're actually having a Formula One race here next week or whatever." Mm. And yeah, it was crazy. How now? What's the difference between the Daytona <coughs> 500 and a Formula One race? Uh, Formula One is like open wheel racing. So Open wheel. Mm -hmm. Don't know what that means. As opposed to closed. Essentially, no. they're like <laughs> closed wheel. Open yeah. Wheel. Essentially, they're like go karts that are just oh. go 200 miles yes. an hour. Yeah. Yes. Like they're oh. yeah. You crash one of those and you're pretty much guaranteed to die. Yeah. Like they're okay. in which is crazy. They had one race <clears> where a driver like got into a horrific accident and died, and then they all took like a 15 minute break, and then they're like, all right, well, let's. Finish the race now. <laughs> Back out. Oh. Well, yeah. Okay. Moment of silence, and, and here we go. <laughs> yep. Yes. Tough crowd. It's, Yikes. Okay. Yeah, essentially, it's a bunch of millionaires that drive fast cars. And that's what Ralph said. He was like, every single Formula One driver is wildly rich, has yep. their own private plane. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. It's unbelievable. And it's like, they're all generally regular car brands, right? You know, it's yeah, like it's Ferrari like Mercedes, has one, Ferrari. Mercedes has mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah, like Red Bull is like one of the only non. Car, car manufacturers okay. that's like in the i guess the league okay i guess yeah hmm. no it's crazy that's a show on netflix it's what got me addicted oh really yeah i don't know people are into it i'm not sure yeah. especially it seems like european people yes are it's very european yeah if you're yeah, if overseas it's like their nfl mm -hmm. yeah Oh, absolutely. Well, to me, it's South. more exciting than, like, yeah, NASCAR. Yeah. Because they're just, like, driving around in an oval. That's kind of boring. <clears throat> yeah. But it's... Was Formula One is, like, there's tracks. I don't even know if there's... I'm, I'm sure there's circuits. But they're, like, you know, they've got different, you know, they've got, like, turns and valleys yeah. and hills and all that crap rather than just turn left the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is don't... quite boring. Well, I mean, the... Mm. And the best part is that the best driver out there right now is black. So mm. we, just, oh, Lewis, okay. Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. So I just want talk. everybody to know that like, we drive cars too. So what does he drive? Oh. <laughs> uh, he drives for Mercedes. Mercedes. Yep, okay. Lewis Mercedes. Hamilton. He's, What's his name? Lewis Hamilton. He's won like seven in a row, I think. Are there any women in this? Uh, no. So no. yeah, that's no. not. Ah, I guess okay, that's not great okay. for the world. No, that's a strength. That's not great for the world. This woke. is it's International People. Women's Day. Get it together. <laughs> oh, okay. It is, huh? Yes, happy it International, is. International Women's Day. Day today. To all the women listening. Especially all right, well, I have to run ones. something by, by Catherine and see what she thinks. Okay. Okay, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. 
Andy, do you have one yet that you could send me so I could price it? One what? The audio I was talking about this morning. The Bluetooth and the audio. Oh, the speakers. Yeah, the speakers. Did you did you have an idea where? Because oh, I'd like I have to a guy. look for some. Tevin has you a have guy. Yeah, I have a guy. I can give you his oh, phone number you? and email. He said he can hook you up with some free ones potentially. And yeah, do what? Yeah. You don't. No. What's what's happening? Run it by Catherine. You guys tell Catherine what the idea is. Because this is Doug Sprinthal's idea for the morning show and this show. Okay. Which I think is brilliant. Okay. Okay. You guys tell her what it is. We're gonna get radio. <laughs> Radios that they're not radios. Style, Bluetooth speakers, like construction yes. quality Bluetooth speakers for the blue collar people that love to listen to the show when they're on construction sites. And obviously, since it's not on radio anymore, they can't just turn on a traditional radio. So give, and then we're gonna give them away for free. I don't do some sort of contest. I don't yep. know, share the show, something like that, oh, and give away free okay. radios. Yeah, a nice loud one that's like good for a construction site is probably gonna be about seventy-five bucks. Because they're water resistant and that sort of thing. But like a standard, just like. And it only tunes into your shows. Is that what? Is that the catch? That's that's why it's not a radio. (laughs) Exactly right. It's programmed so if it plays anything but this show, it explodes. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. (laughs) We're gonna get Doug Sprinthal to put on a hard hat and personally deliver them to each construction site. Perfect. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It was his idea. I think it's a lot of factories are like that too. Apparently. So Andy, you're saying a nice one's only seventy five dollars? Yeah. I gotta order some today. It's not today. like it used to be, where yeah, a uh, Can you get a cassette bulk? player right. was three hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. So, Tevin, do you know the guy that reached out? Uh, yeah, well, he's a. I went to high school with him. He works for Milwaukee Tool, and he gets like <laughs> these high end. Oh, or they, they have, have like the are, high end, yep. whatever. And he's said that yeah, he can probably talk to his people and hook you guys up. Yeah, because then I mean, if we could get a couple to test them out, and then I could start buying right from them, that'd be great. Yeah. 75 bucks. I mean, that's pretty good. You can get 20 of them for $150. And people can't what? buy their own I don't think speakers. that math <laughs> checks out. <laughs> math. No. I thought you said $75. Yeah. So how would... 750 bucks, so it's $1,500 for said, 20 of them. You said $150. You said $150. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant $1,500. That's that Mucinex medication that's, talking to you. It is, once again. Are you on Mucinex <laughs> again? Listen here, Candace. Uh, I will tell you. There's that drug No, haze. you're right. It is my drug haze again. Yeah, $1,500 is what I meant. That's wonderful news. So these are real solid, real nice ones, Devin? Oh, yeah. They've got, they're like made for construction sites. So if they drop or get wet or anything like that, they're, they're hardy. I, I, I have outdoor it. speakers that I've purchased that are Bluetooth. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. You, so you could literally take the app and, and put it up on yeah, those speakers. Yeah, you mm-hmm. got to kind of, ha- you have to make, uh, the only problem with the ones that I have is it has to be fairly close to the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi? Or like the f- device, yeah. yeah. Like, device so that you're, if somebody oh, okay. has their phone connected to it and they walk yeah. away like 50 feet, yeah. they yeah, disconnect. Reliably, it's probably more like a 20, 30 foot range. Yeah. If so you're not going I, through walls and stuff like that. Yeah, but wouldn't some couldn't somebody just uh, you know but if you punch could, the app up and put it in there and you leave it in there all day? What's the difference? They're working. I guess that's to be determined. Yeah. On that note, I have to leave. All right. Well, we it's can wrap it up fun. anyway. It's twenty five after, so we're we're good to go. Uh, I thought it was a good show. Larry, I thought was a terrific guest. What he? <coughs> you got to. I just got the end where you were talking about the Packers. Mm-hmm. So I was going along the <laughs> shore, and I told I love that guy. He was a great guest, didn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Great. I never would have thought that they 
you had like all those cars stranded and then the fact that they paid somebody like five dollars to five go bucks drive it across the i know it's well, just this was wonderful. in 1926 so you know back then all right, a so fourth of a penny could buy you yeah, a lot back when a hay penny was worth a <laughs> So Tevlar, if you would uh, track a few of those down for me, that'd be great. Because I, I literally would buy, you know, 20, 30 of them from them as we go. Or, you know, we'd give them away one a week, so we'd probably end up buying 50 we of them a year. do a contest. That's what we're going to do. Win a speaker. Doug mm-hmm. Full of me. The Brin- <laughs> Doug Sprinthal idea. I think it's brilliant. So, yeah, uh, give me a call when you find out, if you would, Tevin, all right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys got to go, so we will talk to you tomorrow with the family.